and I welcome you to What's New. Today we move on to Romans chapter 10. We have been looking at the sovereignty of God concerning the nation of Israel. Now in this chapter we will be looking at the responsibility of man. Actually he began this thought in the closing verses of chapter 9. Here are the opening four verses of chapter 10 and he writes, Dear brothers, the longing of my heart and my prayer is that the Jewish people might be saved. I know what enthusiasm they have for the honor of God, but it is misdirected zeal, for they don't understand that Christ has died to make them right with God. Instead, they are trying to make themselves good enough to gain God's favor by keeping the Jewish laws and customs, but that is not God's way of salvation. They don't understand that Christ gives to those who trust in him everything that they are trying to get by keeping his laws. He ends all of that. Israel and its people are responsible to God. Remember the words of Christ to the nation of Israel in Luke 19, 43 and 44. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. That is still Israel's condition today. They are still surrounded by nations that want to push them into the sea. You can blame the Arabs or Russia or anyone else. Or, if you want to, you can blame God, for he's the one that says the reason that they are in such a state, unable to have peace, is that they did not recognize the time of their visitation. Now, here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. Someone has said that if every believer in Christ felt the way Paul did about his Jewish brothers, 
that they would have come to believe in their Messiah long ago. Paul begins the 10th chapter of Romans with the words, Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. Notice what Paul writes to these Romans and to us about his people. For I can testify about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. Since they did not know the righteousness that comes from God and sought to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. Christ is the end of the law, so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Israel was zealous for God. I want to comment on Israel's zeal first. Ironically, it was their zeal for God that kept them from Him. While they were God-intoxicated people, they had a zeal with incomplete or limited knowledge. Zeal itself is neutral. It can be great, but not when it is misguided. Zeal for the truth became Israel's greatest barrier to receiving what God had for them. That's the ironic tragedy. As long as Israel was true to the Hebrew Bible, they had the truth. But they didn't have it all. They had a part of the truth. They were unwilling to continue in the same truth. Paul knew what misguided zeal for God was. He himself had this unenlightened zeal for limited truth before he met Christ on the Damascus Road, before his scales fell from his eyes. But then he was reoriented. This verse from Romans 10 ought to forever put aside the notion that sincerity in religion is all that God requires. It is still often said that sincerity in whatever one believes is what's important and that the creed or the content is unimportant. Nothing could be further from the truth. Sincerity in untruth or in ignorance of truth is never a way to salvation, nor is it ever an excuse. Sincerity may be based on incomplete truth, as in the case of Israel, or it may be based on untruth, as in the case of the pagans. In either case, sincerity is a tragedy, unless it is based on the whole truth. Paul says that Israel's zeal was not based on full knowledge. That's the force of the grammatical form of this word knowledge here in verse 2. They had the truth, the knowledge, but it was incomplete. The truth they had, if they had followed it, would have led them to Jesus the Messiah, but they didn't let it. Zeal for God is great but there is a criterion by which it is to be judged. It is to be based on complete knowledge. For Israel, this should have included the fact of Jesus. Many false religions have very sincere adherents, but there is no merit to being sincerely wrong. I want to comment next on the phrase, Christ is the end of the law. Israel did not realize that Christ was the end of the law. That truth had slipped by them. But just what does that mean, that Christ is the end of the law? First, the word end may mean goal, aim, or purpose. Christ was the goal of the law. He fulfilled its purpose. The word end is sometimes translated finished. 
In Jesus' prayer, he tells God, I have finished the work. He had completed God's work for him. He had brought it to an end. On the cross, Jesus said, It is finished. His work was done. He had brought it to an end successfully. He reached God's goal for him. Salvation was accomplished in him when he died. That word finished is here in Romans 10.4 translated end by the translators. Christ completed the law. The goal of the law was met in him. He finished all its demands. In the book called Hebrews, the word is translated perfection. Let us go on to perfection, the writer wrote. That's the goal. Now, Israel still thought that righteousness could come by keeping the law, but no sinful man could keep it. That was an impossibility. So God's righteousness could not come that way, but Jesus Christ came along. He was sinless, and he kept the whole law, broke none of it, Therefore, the goal of the law had been reached. He was it. He was the object to which the law had pointed. That's what the word end means. It means goal. Christ was the goal of the law. All along, it had pointed to him. One Jewish scholar told us recently that the Hebrew Bible pointed to Jesus as the Messiah. In fact, he said that it could be no one else than Jesus. It had to be Jesus. Now, that word end has another corollary meaning, and that is termination. Since Jesus was the goal of the law, and since he fulfilled it and met all its demands, he is also its termination as a legal requirement for believers. The law is good, it should be kept, but not as a legal requirement for righteousness. God's righteousness can't come that way. It can come only through the one who kept the law perfectly, who fulfilled it, and who met all its demands. He terminated the law, and he terminated once and for all any hope that by trying to keep the law, one could achieve God's righteousness. God's righteousness is given as a gift when we trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, who fulfilled and met all the law's demands for our salvation.
What's new is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.